What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. This is episode number three. I'm Jake. I'm Jose. This is the J&J MMA podcast. Today, uh, we got a very special guest. Uh, he's a local fighter based out of Ames, Iowa, uh, an MMA heavyweight, uh, Mark Trulinger. Hey, happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming. Of course. I think um, we're going to recap the fight. We're going to be listening to it. We'll let uh, Mark talk about it. We'll ask him some questions. Um, there was no fights this last weekend, but luckily with Mark here, we can talk about his fight and also your fight and some of the things that um, you guys experienced together, being yep. part of that, being on the same team. Um, I'll let you guys just feel free to say whatever you want about that fight, and then, then we'll get started and um, we'll react to the fight. Sure. Yep. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, so just uh, like a little background, like uh, Mark's had a few fights. I think this mm-hmm. was, uh, what? how many fights have you had, Mark? Um, this was my uh, seventh fight. Seventh fight. Yep, and all with the lead edge. This is the only team I've ever trained with. So, And you were already there when I started. Yep. You were already grinding. Yeah. In a way, I think you might have been a blue belt when I first started. I think so. Uh, like, do you remember when, like, when you first came to the gym? Um, I came in spring of 2017. Okay. That's when I first started, because I Damn, met Tim yeah. Tucker, and I met him at uh, Ames Racket, the oh. weightlifting gym. Yep. I remember he was talking about jiu-jitsu and stuff, and he was like, uh, I was like, I used to wrestle. I was like, I wish I could get back into it, and I was, like, super heavy. I was, like, probably 340 pounds, and... Uh, That's when you first started training? Yeah. 340 yeah and i was like i gotta do something man you know it's bad like you know something more than weightlifting you know so mma besides you want to do it also helped you get back into shape yeah like actually in shape you know i haven't been when i was a freshman in high school like for wrestling i was like almost 300 pounds and i'd have to cut as a i don't know 15 year old all the way to 285 because the even the weight limit for heavyweight in high school wrestling is heavier than even amateur and professional MMA heavyweight by twenty pounds. Two, so is that is that the same for collegiate wrestling? Or yeah, yeah, two eighty five. Two eighty five. It's the max. Wow. Yeah, and so I couldn't even. I was struggling to make that freshman. So MMA put me in you know the best shape I've ever been in my life, which well, is crazy because two hundred sixty five pound man is huge to anybody, and like to me it's like damn I'm skinny. <laughs> you know? But you're yeah. also tall, so yeah, yeah, yeah that's a that's sure. a big size. What school were you from? Uh, Nevada, just Nevada. right over here. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, so this was Mark Seven fight. Uh, this was my first MMA fight. Uh, you know, I've been competing in jiu-jitsu for many years. I had a Muay Thai fight, uh, but this was my first MMA fight. And uh, really, like, Mark was, like, a huge inspiration because, yeah, like, I was training before Mark, but then, you know, Mark came in, he started training very hard, and he got straight into it, and he started knocking people out. Um, I think you held a belt at one point in time? No, I didn't, but I lost to this guy the first time. Uh-huh. And so I had so I had two chances to win a belt, and I lost my first one to this guy, and that's when I thought that I was gonna whoop on him, and I like I think that my head was too big, and he caught me. That was like the the first round. Yeah, this where is, you just got caught. Yeah, that was my second uh, Mason City fight. Oh, okay. So that was also a North Iowa fight. Yeah, there. also, yep. But it was at the old arena. Like, uh, you know, now they have that dope brand new arena. Right. They that. It, I don't think it was an arena. It was more of like at the fairgrounds, I guess. Okay. But it was like a pretty pretty big setup. Mm-hmm. But not anything like what we fought on. That arena was legit. It was legit. Yeah. For your first fight, like, that's... 
That's the best you can ask for. That was like professional setup and everything. Definitely. I was very impressed with it. Yeah, that arena was incredible. I think for any like local Iowa MMA event I've ever been to, that was like the best arena. Just the professional cut men they had, the guys that were in the back wrapping our hands. Yeah, those are like Bellator guys. I think they work with Bellator a lot. Yep. Yeah, that's what the guy said. He was wrapping my hand and he was like, yeah, we travel around and do all the Bellator cards. And I was like, are you serious? And this guy's wrapping our hands like for my first amateur MMA fight. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. For sure. North Iowa Fights is the organization you said? Yep, it's uh, North Iowa Fights MMA. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Out of Mason City? Yep, out of Mason City. Uh, the promoter uh, slash the guy who owns it is Mike Estes. Uh, and he actually has uh, an MMA fight team up there in Mason City. Mm-hmm. And they're actually kind of like Mike Estes and Josh Near, our MMA coach. Yeah. They're kind of like, they're really good friends. So, like, their team comes down and trains with us sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, me and Mark have been up to Mason City to train yep. a couple times. Yeah, dude. It's, it's like a sister team, I guess. You know, like that saying, like, it's like your team, like, but not your team. You know, it's like the same thing. Yep. And oh, they, uh, yep, they got like the same uh, Gracie logo yep. that we have. And Hell yeah. It's a sweet example to let people know that. MMA isn't always about having enemies or anything like that. It's like you're both after the same thing. So you're supporting each other. You're both like rooting for each other. Obviously, you might fight sometime, but there's no reason to hate on them if they're going after the same thing you're going after. Mm -hmm. Yep. And actually, the guy that I just fought, he's on Mike Estes' team. And, uh, yeah, they told us after, like, this will probably be the last time they match somebody from our team and their team. Yeah. But either way, it was still cool because after the fight, like, Ace was a super cool guy. Uh, We were just talking, like, chatting, kicking it off. Like, you know, we're going to start training together and helping each other out. Uh, So that's just another cool aspect about jiu-jitsu or MMA in general is, you know, after your match or your fight, um, you know, you can you can talk to the guy. It's like meeting a new friend almost, and then you can you know become friends and start training or and help each other out after that. Yeah, I remember when uh, you were talking to Ace before the fight, and you were like, uh, "I was like, do you know him?" And you're like, "Not really." And then you were like, "Because I didn't talk to my guy at all. If we talked, it's shit talking." And you were like, "There's like some bad blood," and I was like, "I don't know how you could fight a guy and have good blood, you know?" Because everyone I fight. For some reason, there's always, like, some kind of problem. They're either, like, staring at me before weigh-ins or something. I don't know. You know, it could be my thing, like, where I put myself in that headspace where I'm like, dude, I don't want anything to do with this guy. Right. Does that work for you, you think? Like, maybe um, now that we're talking out loud about it, maybe you think uh, you like that sort of intensity? Yeah, you know, like, when I... You know, honestly, I think because I didn't really know anything about fighting, and then uh, I started with Josh, and my first fight, it was, like, just Josh and Tim. And, like, we just trained, and then we, uh, we like, rolled down. It was an AFC. The promotion was AFC, Matt Ryder's promotion in Des Moines, and we fought at Bucks Arena. Okay. And I fought this guy named uh, Jake Clark, and he was, like, shit-talking a ton, dude. He, like, posted on Instagram a photo of me and my girlfriend at the time, my wife now. And he posted a photo that was off my Facebook, and he was like, I'm about to be 2-0. and And that shit pissed me off so bad. Because I was like, dude, are you kidding me, bro? Post me if you're going to post anything. But yeah. Post, you know, don't, that's a little like, personal. That's like, yeah, and I remember he had these Gracie shorts, uh, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu shorts. And we were like, the setup was kind of weird. We were like waiting like side by side before we walked down. And uh, because there were so many fights on the card, they had to keep rolling so you didn't have a shirt on. You were Vaseline in the back and you were just standing there. They Vaseline you in the back? They Vaseline us in the back and we had no shirt. And it was in the ice rink. 
ice arena and it was like freezing and uh it was just so weird like because they had to just keep moving and there was like 19 fights on the card something like high oh my goodness and, long uh, night yeah it was crazy and uh he was just standing there i can't remember but uh you know how like josh was just like leaning against the wall him and tim and uh dude just josh and tim just talking shit about his greasy jiu-jitsu shorts because he was a dickhead dude he was like super brash and, yeah it was fucking i feel like that just worked for me like from that like i just didn't know anything and i was like you know what yeah fuck that guy yeah that guy's trying to take what you know everything that i worked for right you know, i'm not gonna be friends with him before this you know and i don't think i ever became friends with anyone after a fight either i just would talk to him if he came up to me or you know i yeah. had to go check out see what kind of damage i did compared to what they did to me i want to see if it's worse or not <laughs> so that's that sounds like that was a victory then yeah yep yeah what what fight number was that for that you? was my first fight well that was your first yep. fight and that dude made it personal yeah right off the bat and i remember trying to look at for the video that he fought and he fought a pretty big dude too and like you know before i really understood fighting and like looks and stuff he like knocked out this dude that was like a bodybuilder or something he was like jacked and i was like shit you know because before you yep. understand you're like God sometimes damn. it's just a little intimidating if somebody is muscular yep he knocked him out and i remember in the back they were talking about uh someone someone random we're talking about like oh, that's the guy dude when he punched when he hit that guy it sounded like a shotgun and i just heard it in the back and i was like i gotta cope with this somehow just throw it in the back of my mind fuck this guy you know it's right. for me and so that fight was like just wild he's just like throwing just uh josh calls them ghetto whoppers i like call him that too oh, that was pretty good just like just throwing with everything you got just winding up and just slinging that was pretty good so that fight did, well did that go the distance or no that was uh first round i knocked him out you knocked him out in the first yeah. round, and that was your first fight ever. yeah yeah that's it what did that feel like it, it felt like insane like uh, you know like there's like a point where he hit me and i was like he like caught me right on like the top of my head and i remember like like looking at like the cage where like the canvas meets the cage area because the same cage we fought in it's like the megagon kind of like the smaller cage yeah, yeah. i like and that so like, yeah and i like turned and i was like holy shit i'm in a fist fight i mean it's the first fist fight i've been in since i was a kid you know I'm right like, holy fuck and i was like I gotta take this guy out, and then I start getting a little wild, which I do sometimes. It's hard not to. Yeah, that's like something I need to like train out of me, you know. And that's uh, something Jake had mentioned that he was being honest about himself. He said he was watching his fight, and then the intensity, how quick the fight was, just going right from the get go. And then you said you watched some of the later fights that they were a little bit more of a veteran, and like when we saw Rakim. Yeah, yeah, like calm and moving. And it was. It looked like a sparring session almost. Yeah. Like a like a very relaxed, yeah. calm sparring session, yeah. but they were they were going hard yeah it's like they're moving like they're thinking it's like you can like instantly just tell it's like a higher chess game you know mine is like ours is like yep. until you like figure it out and then it's like you know they're like moving moving like real like calculated and then when the strike comes then it's a live strike you know then i'm going yep. and it's like it's so crazy to watch it's like that's years in the game years know? years and one i did notice like this last fight of yours like you came out very calm and collected like yeah. you hit him with a good combo right off the start you yeah. were moving left to right yeah 
but I think it was him. Like he kind of just charged you, yeah. like insane. Like yeah. I don't even think he he threw any combination or anything. He almost just like football charged yeah. at you, and he kind of forced you, yeah, to have to swing back like yeah. that. Exactly. Like you know, I wanted to be a little calm, calculated. I was thinking like that. I'm bouncing. I'm moving, and then I just like see him coming at me because you know the first time we fought, I came at him reckless, and I got caught. I was like, I'm not doing that again. Because, you know, that's the great equalizer. When two guys are really big and, like, one of you decides to throw, then you make it 50%. So, like, you know, the best fighter in the world can get caught, you know, heavyweight. Absolutely. Anything can happen at heavyweight. Yeah. Those tiny gloves, you know, something slips in. It's like, that's it. Yeah. It's end of the night. Um, Back to, I just want to recap this real quick. So, yeah, back to, like, it's funny you mention that because yeah before the fight like even the night of the weigh-ins it was like me and ace were like it was almost like meeting like another teammate or something like we were like smiling like happy like hey bro good luck tomorrow night like yeah you too man but then like i could sense the atmosphere from you and your other guy and it was almost like you guys didn't want to look at each other yeah you didn't want to be near each other and you could feel like that intensity yeah between you two and it was like you know, but that also kind of adds to the fight. Like, it makes it exciting, yeah. I think. You know, yeah. like, from a fan point of view. Like, For when sure. you can feel that, you know, that, that little bit of bad blood in the air. Yeah. And, uh, man, I was just, I remember being so stoked to watch you guys fight because I was like, dude, it's going down uh, yeah, one week sure. to step in that cage. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, like, you know, like, you're, like... The thing is, is, like, you know, it can be... It can work really well if you're, like, friendly, you know? Like, hopefully that guy's friendly, too. But then I think that's another part is, like, it's hard to be friendly with a guy and not know if he's going to be friendly. Like, what if you're trying to be friendly and then he's like, fuck you, And then you look weak before the fight, you know? And it's, like, mentally, you know, you're like, damn, I was trying to say hi to this guy, and he wasn't... He wasn't... He didn't want anything to do with me. That's, like, damn, dude. That's, like, that's a killer right there. And I think that's kind of how I was expecting it. Like, when I showed up to weigh-ins, I was like, you know, I'm going to kind of read this guy. Mm-hmm. If he's going to, like, try and play the bad blood, I'll go with it. But if he want, if he's cool, you know, I'll, I'll be respectful as well. I don't want to be the one to, you know, just yeah. immediately start shit-talking for no reason. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But, yeah, definitely a good aspect of the fight. Yeah, definitely, dude. I, in your fight, um, your jiu-jitsu match at Subspectrum, the last time that I went to go see you, you were the same way with that opponent, too. You were, you guys were very respectful with each other. And it seems like it, it's you you feed off of that, possibly. And, Jake, that's not in your nature to, like, be aggressive like that. You seem to be able to stay calm or whatever. But it seems like either both of you have to be on the same weight or I don't know. But it's the MMA is, like, a psychological game for sure. There's a lot of stuff going on. Definitely. I think, like, with jiu-jitsu is one thing. But then, like you said, MMA is kind of, like, completely different, you know. So... Yeah, I mean, I don't even honestly know how I would react. Like, I want to say, like, if somebody was, like, shit-talking or trying to bring the bad blood, that I would give it back to them. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know if I would kind of give them, like, the Khabib factor where I just kind of, like, ignore it and let them run their mouth, and then I'll just be like, you know what, I'll see you in the cage and we'll settle it there. Yeah. I don't really know how I would react because I haven't been in that situation yet. Um, But, yeah, most of my jiu-jitsu fights always i mean i don't think i've ever really had anybody like shit talk me or anything like that yeah one time i mean 
I, I would me and Jordan like our second match. I think it was just like a competitive. It wasn't like shit talking, but it was like we both knew like we like we were on the same level, and it was very competitive, but never like shit talking or anything like that. Now, does jiu-jitsu it like breeds like a friendliness to it? Like you know where it's like kind of a game a little bit. You know, I like, think so. Like I think after like most jiu-jitsu tournaments, it's almost like you you go up to the person you're like, hey, like what gym are you from? Like how long you been training? Like, man, that was a cool armbar, or, like, that was a sick sweep you got. I think the jiu-jitsu community in, in, a, in whole is more, like, friendly and, like, community-based. Yeah. Where it seems like the MMA community is is different, where, like, it, you know, half of the fights are people shit-talking, or, like, mm-hmm. after the fight, they might not even see each other, or, like, that knockout of the night on our card, the Austin yeah. Peters. That was good knockout. Like, they were talking shit to each other in the cage. In the cage. This shit was nuts. That guy, like, walked up, and he's like... I couldn't imagine being in a cage and having, like, how can you think to do that? You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty crazy. Like, not, I mean, I guess when you're in the fight and you're just, like, living through it, but before the fight, like, me, I'm just, like, zoned out, you know? I couldn't think to say anything. Exactly. And then even after, like, he knocked him out, and then, like, the guy was, like, still wobbling, and he was, like, still shit-talking to the guy. Like, that's completely different than jujitsu. Like, I've never seen somebody, like choke somebody or like armbar them and then after be like yeah like and like start talking shit they're always like concerned like man is this guy okay yeah so definitely two completely different like communities with mma and jujitsu i think yeah i watched that fight on youtube and when that guy's like out of it and the doctor's like holding him up him in his corner holding him up, and austin walks around it's like damn dude they must have been talking some serious shit yeah austin i i think what he was saying is like are you okay are you okay i think he was like taunting him pretty oh, bad yeah yeah, but- yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he he baited him with that, and that's what I mean. It's a psychological game, psychological warfare. One of yeah. the best examples, I think, is Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor, because Jose Aldo, up until that point, was just a samurai. He was a ninja. He was just murderous finisher. Yeah. You couldn't finish him. And then 11 seconds, Conor broke him and finished him, and that was legit. That wasn't lucky. That wasn't a fluke. That was, like, calculated psychological warfare, yeah. and on top of that, amazing technique by Connor. Yeah. Speaking of great technique, your left hook, you threw two left hooks right off the bat. Yeah. Those were looking clean. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's, that's probably my favorite punch, just like a, it's like a check, like, left hook, yep. yeah. you know? Um, I remember I was, like, bouncing up on my feet, and Josh was telling me, he's like, we're here for all five rounds. We're here for all five rounds. And it's like, exactly. But if you go out there and you start getting wild on your feet, there's no, you know, you might not be there for five rounds. Especially in heavyweight. And that was a really exciting fight. I mean, you guys... You guys were going after it. There was it wasn't slow paced. It wasn't hugging. You guys were out for it for sure. Yeah, for sure, yeah. You know that's, uh, you know, I've always just wanted to be exciting. You know, and I think that's from after my first fight, like when I got knocked out. I remember just like yelling, and I just like felt like a Spartan or something. Like, you know, when you get the W, then you go back into the crowd, and you're like, like in my mind at least, I'm like, dude, like. I can beat everybody up in here. You know, and it's like, that's like that the feeling. thought where you're just like on top of the world where you're like, is that guy looking at me right now? Not like to start a fight, but just be like, he knows like what I just did. You know, and that's yep. like kind of like your, I don't know if it's because I was like younger then, you know, and I don't really think that way so much anymore, but like I just felt like crazy. I was just like, like a buzz. Just like, this is insane, you know? Yep. You felt that too after your victory? I felt like, um, like, just like like Mark said, just kind of like on this like 
cliff like you're, you're like on this status like it's like the best feeling in the world almost yeah like a movie like a movie like you can't really like uh replicate it it's like that feeling like it feels so good because you've been training for months and months and years and like the whole lead up of the week before two weeks out just all the nerves building and building and building and then you see the arena filled with people and then you walk out there not knowing what's going to happen like am i going to get knocked out am i going to am I going to perform like I do in the gym? Like, yeah. is everything going to click? And then to, you know, actually get your hand raised in that moment is like, there's nothing like it. Yeah. It's like, you know, the lows of uncertainty before you go out, you're just like, damn, I remember, like, I always think like, I wish I could Google search the results. Like, you know, when you miss a UFC card or something and you're like, damn, I was like, I wonder who won. It's like, I wish I could do that. Just figure it out already. You like know, a little, like, four uh, shout yeah. out. Like. Because right before you go out, you know, you, you feel like you're like, I don't know what's about to happen. Like, I'm going to do everything I can. But and then I started adopting, like, the mindset of, like, whatever's going to happen is just going to happen. You know, right. just put yourself in the best positions you can to get the W. But, you know, you can't control every aspect of everything, you know. So, like, for you, Mark, like, when... Like, how far out before the fight do, like, you really start feeling the nerves? Yeah, I feel the nerves, like, I mean, I, I'm, like, an emotional person, so, like, right. I, I, like, I feel the nerves pretty quick, you know, like, right when I say, yeah, I'll fight him, you know, like, that's right. all I can think about. And then the week of the fight, you know, I work at the mine here, names, and so, like, I'll be, uh, the nights that where I have to go into work, regardless, like, I can't be at practice, I have to go into work, I, that's all I can think about, I'm thinking about the fight, I'm like, damn. Let's go. I just want the days to get you know get here quicker. Right. Like I wish I could accept a fight and fight that night. You mm-hmm. know, just like because it's kind of like you know you're working, you're working, you feel good, you feel bad, you feel good, and you know when you're in that state of mind, it's like you have one bad practice, you're like shit, dude. I got. I like. I hope I can pull this out. You know, I'm having a shitty week of practice. You know. Yep. But yeah, I, I feel pretty nervous. You know, I. Uh, I felt more nervous for this fight because I lost to him already. And you lose to a guy twice, it's like, that guy's just better than you. Right. You know, so. And I, I do want to mention this. So, you know, officially, this guy was the one who, who got his hand raised and got the win. But, like, number one, uh, like, you weighed in at 265 pounds, yeah. which is the cap for heavyweight. But when he weighed in the night before, he weighed in at 290 pounds. Yeah, well... I was, uh, we were cutting, so we met at the gym at, what, 11? Uh, yeah, about 11 or noon on the Friday, the day before. Yeah, and we were cutting weight. I was, like, 273, so I had 8 pounds to go, and uh, and we cut the weight. We were struggling, you know? It was we, we were in, It was just Jake, me, and uh, Carlos, who works at the gym. He would come in and check on us in the sauna. I'm glad he was, too, because at a point there, I was starting to feel a little lighthearted, oh, yeah. and it's a little scary. Yeah, you know, you had 8 pounds as well. Yeah, I think I was maybe even like yeah eight or nine pounds. So we are right at the same. And you know, eight or nine pounds for Jake, who shredded, is a lot more. That'd be like me cutting twenty pounds because you know I have fat and I have water to get out of my system. But we did it in shifts. We like one would sit out, we'd go in, sit out, we'd talk, sit out, play music, talk, and we did it. We left the gym, and then uh, I was on my way there. I was like. So we were in Ankeny, and I was almost on the way back to Ames because I was going straight to Mason City. And uh, Mike S., the promoter, calls me. He's like, hey, your guy's going to be heavy. Go ahead and eat or drink. I was like, serious, dude? I mean, like, even if I eat, you know, eat and drink now, it's like, do I have an eight for 
almost two days and I had a little bit of water, it's like my body's already feeling, I felt like weak. I was opening the door, you know? Yeah, at this but, point, it's like there's nothing, even if you drank a gallon of water right there. Yeah. And that's one thing I wish that that guy would have let you know that like a week, at least like a week in advance. Yeah. Because if you would have known that, then like you said, you wouldn't have even showed up to sit in the sauna. Yeah. You could have eaten whatever you wanted that whole week leading up. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think that was just a little very unprofessional for that guy, it especially was. to fight for the belt, you know, because you yeah. guys are fighting to be the champion. Yeah. And this guy shows up 25 pounds overweight. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like, yeah, like unprofessional, like immature kind of. It's like, what are you doing, man? Right. Come on, dude. And then, so apart from, from the, the 25 pounds over, there was also a point at the very end of the first round. So you guys were striking hard on the feet, and then you got a beautiful takedown, and you were on top for a majority of that first round, yeah. landing bombs, bro. Like, yeah. I was surprised at how many shots that this guy was able to take. He's super tough. He's like, tough the chin guy. on that guy, for yeah. sure. You can't, yeah. nobody can deny the chin. No. It's going to be hard for people to put him away, you know? And then I wanted to ask him specific, like, when he threw that up kick, like, that was one of the worst up kicks I've ever seen. Like, not just, like, local fights. I'm talking even, like, a UFC event. Like, that was a hard, hard up kick, and it actually knocked you backwards. So, like, yeah. tell us about that up kick. Like, were you, did it phase you? Like, yeah. what did that feel like? Uh, dude, so, like, pretty much what happened was his, uh, I was doing a terrible job passing his guard. Because I was just, like, headhunting on the top. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was okay with staying in his guard because I'm just landing punches. Even if he's blocking, I was like, the ref's right there. He's talking. He's like, you got to do something. You got to do something. I'm like, if I land a couple more punches, you know, that's fight. So I'm not worrying about, which is, you know, kind of a regret on that fight. It's like, you know, position over submission. So you were kind of going for the kill, looking yeah, for the finish. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I sat back because he kept throwing his hips up. And I was like, dude, I'm just going to let this guy do something. Because he's not doing anything. So I was like, I'm just going to sit back. Which is, all I had to do was go to my side. Like, push my legs over. And I was in side control. You know, and then that's a, you know. But, uh, yeah, I just remember seeing his heel come up. And I was like, no way. And it just, like, happened so quick. And then it was just, like, lights. It was, like, sparks or something. Yeah. And, like, I just remember my whole, like... You know, like, when you get hit in the nose and your eyes water, it was, like, another step. It was, like, just, it was crazy. And then I don't even remember the second round. I don't remember anything until um, probably when he, when, like, I went for that week, like, uh, Josh called it a WWE uh, knee bar or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and because he threw it up, and uh, I, like, just took it, but, and then I remember sitting on, I got completely confused because, you know, we reset. So we reset. And, uh, and they ten, took a point away. Yep, and there was 10 seconds left of the first round. And then we did the whole second round, all that, and I can't remember it. What I remember is when I did that and he was on top of me, I remember covering up and being like, there's only 10 seconds left. So for some reason, I was thinking that was the first round. And then I I remember he was like barely hitting me like that. They were they weren't very hard punches. No, and you know it almost just looked like you were kind of just exhausted at that. I point. know it looks really bad. Like I I've seen the fight once before, and I was like, dude, that is it looks so bad. But I wish like I could show people in my mind how I thought about it. Right. Because I thought for some reason there's only ten seconds left. So I was like, I'll just cover up. You know. Right. And so like you know, that's you know no excuse. That's uh that's something that. I'll look back on and be like, don't take breaks in fights anymore, you know? You said you've only watched it once, right? Yeah, I watched so it once, yeah. We'll re-watch it and we'll uh, get the reaction for it and everything, but did was it the heel that the ball... The yeah, heel it was, was like right on my nose. Right on the nose? After the fight, Jake took a photo of my nose. Was like, 
super swollen like right here on my like it like you know like the sides of your nose right here was like yeah. this like my sinuses were like swollen up and that was killing me didn't break though i don't know i felt like it did it swole everything up and you know until like for like two weeks it was like pretty sore like i didn't want to touch it and i sparred like i don't know like then not the next monday but the next monday and um i had sheldon punched it and it just started bleeding everywhere so i don't know i don't get bloody noses a lot so and that's kind of a bummer because that was from that up kick that wasn't even from punches or anything yeah. during the fight that was from an illegal blow yeah and uh well what i do the like for some reason my nose was like bleeding in my throat which i've never had it was like coming back on me for some reason and the, it didn't start bleeding out the front until my second takedown in the second round that's why i noticed in the fight but I don't know. It's kind of crazy, but you know that's what you got to remember. Just don't take breaks in fights. You know, just like keep up the same energy no matter how you're thinking. Just keep going. You know. Yep. Because I put myself in that position at the end of the day. You know. Yep. He got his point taken away, so that's wash. No excuses. He got on top of me and finished me. Yeah. So now, okay. So when the ref stepped in, or he threw the up kick, the ref stepped in. He yeah. stopped it. Um, did he ask you like do you want to continue or how how did that go down did the referee give you the chance to like say you could not continue or i don't remember he was saying something but i was just like okay i just need a minute or something like that and i was like i'm i mean you know that never passed through my mind like to not fight you know i was already in there so right so you told the ref you wanted to continue yeah. regardless of that that yeah very brutal yeah okay. i mean i had to keep going you know like am i gonna take the easy way out you know because you know how am i gonna i'm gonna wake up in my hotel room and have the belt and be like how did i get that belt you know that's yep. how i got it because you know i can tell everyone that i couldn't continue but like internally i would have known like yeah this sucks but i can keep fighting it's yeah. almost like that aljermaine sterling win that just happened yeah and yours in particular kind of reminded me of the anthony smith fight oh where, yeah um yeah he yeah. he could have took the belt from john jones and then instead he said he wanted to continue yeah that was a very brave uh, moment you had. For sure. Thanks, man. All right. I think it, it would be sweet to just uh, watch the fight right now. And any moment we can stop, you let us know what you're thinking, what you felt. Um, well, so let's just cue it up, Jake, and should be able to hear it through the, through the microphone. All right. So here we go. Mark Trillinger versus Mark Courier. On YouTube. And this was uh, April 24th of 2021. Yep. I still can't believe they put 32. That is crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, on, let's, let's state the corrections. Yeah. Because they got your, your age wrong and... The height was all right, right? You're yeah, okay yeah. I'll take, I'll take six, six, no problem. Yeah, that's fine. You'll you know six, what six. always throws me off a little bit is when, like, the ring girls are walking in the cage because it's such a small cage. And I, I didn't see. even know that they carry the belt up in the air before you guys even fight. I didn't yeah. even see that. For sure. I'd like to add that I think um, for being smaller organization, I think the quality of this production is pretty good. Super good, yeah. Yeah, especially the camera angles. I mean, all the advertising, the octagon yeah. looks legit. The arena was awesome. It was crazy. It was like in the mall when we when we walked down. We were like, wow, like this is right here, like in the, like attached to the mall. It's sweet. Yeah, just this giant, massive like ice hockey arena in the middle of this giant mall. Like, yeah, it makes when we weighed in, sweet. I was like, we're going in the mall to weigh in. Like, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, that was dope. The fight's about to begin. 
So, as we were saying, your opponent was overweight by 25 pounds, and that was just at the weigh-in, so yeah. maybe even more by the time you guys are fighting. There's the first left hook yep. that looked good. And then he runs, like, right into a left hook right hand. And then it turns into a brawl. Oh, right yeah, I'm here. just trying to back out. I'm just trying to... Jeez, you got him with a, with a left and a right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the announcers are just losing their yeah, shit here. Yeah. And you guys were right in front of the booth there, so they were seeing all that. I oh, like yeah. this sweep that you tried. That was oh, a nice yeah. leg sweep. And it's like I go to this this like left leg like kinda like a crate like I'm setting up a cradle for a takedown, which I don't know why I did. And also I'd like to state that I thought my defense was like Dustin Poirier, but has watching it. It's I like kinda just covering up. But it's good defense. No defense, you know. Yeah. I wasn't getting through. It looked good. I was gonna yeah. mention that that the defense was effective. Yeah. And so like before the fight, was this part of your game plan to come out and get some takedowns? Yeah, you know, I thought that I could slow the pace down a little bit, you know. because I, I know that I mean, I'd assume that my wrestling is better than his. I think he's just a striker, but right. I was like, you know, if I can get on his legs, slow it down a the little bit. there. Yeah. Then I can control it a little bit. Then I wish I would have. Uh, yeah. I wish I would have thrown a little bit more. Uh, you know, we trained jiu-jitsu and stuff. Like, if I could have just like pass guard, just your standard like, you know, white belt stuff. Yep. Know? Get to like knee on belly or side yeah. control. Then I could end the fight. But I was just, you know, people headhunt on their feet, but you know. People head out when they're doing ground pound too, I guess. Yeah. And here you're in his guard, and you've been dropping bombs, and he's yeah. just eating them. He's fine with eating them. Oh, There's yeah. about five or six that went through there. He's in a bad position. Oh yeah. And you're landing. Yeah. And uh, judging by you being a heavyweight, I imagine those don't feel that good. Yeah. You know, the sorest part of my body after the fight was probably my back of my head. He was hitting me in the back of the head I did so see much. that, yeah. I did see that. There was a lot of, um, we could call them fouls total yeah. in this fight that kind of makes it uh, bittersweet. Not bittersweet, but just bitter because yeah. like, if everything was how, it's, how it was supposed to be, I honestly see you winning that fight. Yeah. Because that, that's a lot of extra weight to deal with, and especially, like you mentioned, you had to cut all the weight. Here comes, here comes the illegal up kick. And, I mean, a heavyweight, all you have to do is swing that foot, and it's going to hurt him. And he, sure. sw he swung it pretty hard. It wasn't light. Here it is. It's coming up. It's almost like he uh, charged it up like he did it on yeah. purpose almost. And that's what the, when I watched it, that's what the announcer said. They're like, it looks super intentional. But, yeah. you know, it's whatever. You know, what I think, you know, he's there. There it is. Yeah. That, yeah. that was a heavy <laughs> shot. And the problem was you were planted down pretty firm, so you had nowhere to go except eat that. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, like, what I'm curious about, though, is... Um, like I'm, it, I was wondering like why the the referee just didn't end the fight right there. Like I wonder how they decipher like the difference between like taking a point or disqualifying the competitor altogether. I think it's like if you're fit to continue. I think I mean if I had a guess, I bet the refs just like because I'm talking, yeah, I'm sitting up. He's like you know I can't just stop this fight. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's one of those moments where, like, it should almost be up to the referee because, like, you're in the yeah. middle of the fight, you got the yeah. adrenaline going, you might not even be in the correct head state, you might say you're able to continue just because sure. of your heart, but oh, yeah. if I was the referee, you know, I think that was such a bad upkick that I think that should have been a disqualification. Yeah, well, you know, like... He's. An, I would like to state that he is the number one guy, and I think that uh, in Iowa, I think he's number one in the Midwest too. You know, I this is like 
I think that he's like just crazy tough. You know, I think that he just got a really good chin. It's hard to put him away, you know. I think he proved that because unbelievable the amount of shots that he was taking For on sure. the ground from you. Like, you were unloading full blast over and over, like bouncing his head off the ground. Yeah. And he was just looking right at you. Yeah. Yeah, we'll sure. put a link to the fight. That way you guys can watch it. But, yeah, this guy's chin, he he's a tough, tough dude because you were legit landing bombs that would have put most people out. Yeah. And he was in a bad position. Same thing, you had nowhere to go except to absorb that up kick. Yeah. All the shots, he was up against the cage. He was wedged in there. For and sure. at one point, I noticed that he he was being crazy and swinging from the bottom. Yeah, yeah. He kept and he was landing. That. Yeah, and uh, it was like, I remember it being super annoying. Because, like, you know, you can't really generate a ton of power up top. I remember I kept turning my head because I was like, oh, my God, dude. Like, stop doing that. Because it was more of, like, slaps. You know, even though he was punching, there's just not a lot of power. But Right. None of them hurt? None of them landed clean? I don't know if they landed clean, but I don't remember, like, really getting hurt by him. Oh. I just remember they were annoying because, like, it was, like, in the way. Like, yeah. you'd move your hands so I could punch you in the face, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get the clean strikes. You're just kind of... Yeah getting points oh yeah but i did see one of the last ones i was curious of i was going to ask you when we rewatch this uh, second round that's coming up mm -hmm. um and before i do that um i want to like hear what josh near was saying yeah. um not not that we can hear but um you remember what he was telling you what advice um i don't remember but i did when i watched the first one i was truly trying to pay attention to what he was saying to see if i did anything they told me to but i think was, at one point i did see josh i think he was telling you to push his yeah, legs yeah um, I heard him, he was like, getting a little crazy on the feet if you decide to take him down again. Uh, uh, like, control his feet and pass it. That's what I remember, like, from watching the first time. When you say that you don't remember after that up kick, um, do you, now being away from the fight, mm -hmm. it's uh, this long, This it's been that long since the fight, now you yeah. can talk about it. Um, I'm sure that it had a huge factor on, obviously, on not getting the victory that night. Yeah. But do you think maybe it was a possible concussion or something? That's why you don't remember? Or do you think it was the rush of the fight, the adrenaline and everything? I mean, it could have been, you know, it, uh, my head definitely hurt, you know, more than any other fight, even when I got finished, you know. So... Because what I was going to bring up before... Uh, that was, was a good body kick right there. Yeah. That yeah. was a heavy kick. Some, oh, yeah. some leg kicks, and he's trying to do some Muay Thai knees, it looks like. But yeah. one of the shots, when you get on top, and he's hitting you, you get you tie up here, you bring him down. Yeah. One of the shots, after he, it looks like he lands, you're looking off to the side like you're saying here. It, yeah. After this, it looks like maybe that rocked you a little bit and that's how you fell back but that's why w with us watching it and you watching it again yeah. re-watching this maybe um you can like let us know what you think that was yeah it's like you know i don't want to you know i don't uh use my wrestling super offensively so when i'm doing these shots i think it's to slow it down a little bit and especially right here like that was kind of my game plan like if i do get you know i like i like you know kind of throwing bombs and getting a little wild i like that a lot so it's more of like taking it down to control myself to like slow myself down you know right and you're in a good position right here this oh, is yeah. when i mean even if those are short they're they're right there yeah. he's got nowhere to go i was like just trying to grind his nose there but and, and that was a perfectly timed takedown because that was probably the best shot i saw him land on the feet yeah and then you covered but you didn't wait around immediately you got him against the cage yeah. and pulled his feet out so that that was beautiful yeah Right. I mean, look at these shots. Like yeah, that's incredible. Swimming. He's swimming yeah. from the bottom. 
I can't even believe he's taking those. See, right here, some of these are landing. Yeah. And then this is what I'm curious of. Yeah, okay, because he, he, he swept that, and yeah. then he went for the knee bar. Yeah. Okay. And I don't really remember, like, I, what I remember the most, I don't remember this part. I remember when he was, like, on top, like, here in a second. And I remember just thinking, like, I'm just going to take a break here. Like, why not? You know, like, in my mind, it made all the sense in the world to take a little break here. I was like, you know, right. just cover up. I'm about, to be, I'm about to be in the corner with Josh again. He's going to tell me something, what I did, you know. And now he's in full mount. Yep. And, and that's, like, 300-plus pounds on yeah, you. Yeah, for so sure. On top of all of the energy energy just exerted trying to finish him. Yeah. Now I mean, you got this big heavyweight on top of you. and Yeah. I mean, definitely no excuses, though, like... Uh, Looking back on it, it seems so bad. It's like so many, you know, so much time sitting there. It's like, you know, I heard the, when I watched, I heard the, uh, the announcers talking about, like, he might be gassed out. I remember being gassed out. I remember, like, when he was, like, fighting, I was, look, I was, like, telling the ref, I was like, uh, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm so, this is all me. And then I see the corner man, I'm like, or the cut man, and I'm like, God damn it. You know, I just, like, made it real, like, you can't take breaks in fights. Because, you know, if you're not doing, you know, even, like, those, from the bottom punches he like he's at least he's doing something yeah. you know it's not gonna hurt me it's not gonna help his position really but he's it's doing something. something and it's like maybe if i would have just done that you know it's just like stuck in my thought of taking a break right like, damn you really can't because the ref will stop it you know and i think yeah i mean you were at such a high pace that whole first yeah. and second round so i could definitely understand like wanting to just you know take a quick break in yeah. the fight because you guys were going from start to finish yeah because you seem fine right there you yeah. don't seem like you're holding yourself up against the cage no, I, or you're not curled over i don't remember being tired at all i do remember after the first takedown like when uh i remember his one foot was like off to the side and so i swept it with my foot and took him down i remember i was like damn that was like really easy you know and then the double leg i remember him feeling like really heavy and I remember just thinking to myself, like, I don't know what point of the second, I think it's the second takedown, I was thinking, I was like, I could do this all night. You know, I don't even have to, like, stand on my feet and trade and even risk anything, because it's like, he's got no takedown defense. Yeah, I think it was clear, that, like, for sure, your grappling was levels above his. Yeah, and I really wish I would have, uh, you know, moved a mount, neon belly, you know, just stuff like that, but that's all hindsight now, but, you know, you, win, then, or you win or you lose, or you win or you learn. You know, it's like I've lost before. It's like, you know, just, it's probably the best, you know, product I've put on until that end. So, it's yep. like, at least I'm learning, you know. I think you had a spectacular performance. And I think, yeah. you know, a lot of, it really matters how you come back from the loss. Yeah. You know, you see a lot of guys, they lose and they don't really know how to handle it. Yeah. Um, but you seem to have a very positive mindset about it. And like yeah. you said, that was one of the best performances I'd ever seen you fight with. Thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like, proud of it. I'm not proud of how it ended, but, you know, you got to get small Ws here and there, you know, just for your sake of mind. Um, I was telling Jake after the fight, I was like, I, I think for what he did, the Anthony Smith type of thing, that's a W for sure. It's almost like people's champ when you're honorable about that because you do have a lot of things to be proud of. You you didn't get the W, you didn't get the belt, but I mean, when you understand the circumstances that this guy did not make weight, yeah. uh, all the weight that you had to cut, that's, as both of you know, cutting weight, that's really, really hard, so you're like depleting the, your abilities just by cutting weight yeah. and then on top of that the extra weight that he had and then the foul and then the fact that you continued to fight respect for that man totally Thanks, man. I appreciate it because yeah. usually you have nothing to like hold your you can hold your head up you have nothing to be ashamed of that 
that's it's great that you look at it like you either win or you learn because in that fight there's more winning the the the, the w didn't happen but there was way more there was more w's than there was l's yeah for absolutely sure. thank you appreciate it so I was wondering about this because I didn't think that somebody could be awarded the championship belt if they miss weight. Yeah, I know. I didn't. I didn't think so either. So he's the new champion, all even yeah. though he weighed in twenty five pounds over yeah. the weight limit. Yeah, it's crazy, but you know, I think that they don't. You know, I don't think that they put a lot of that on amateur. You know, which is kind of crazy to think. You know, because there's not a huge step from low level pro to like, you know, like when you're fighting for a belt and a decent promotion. It's like, you know, how much more is there a step from that to, like, low... Because, you know, I've seen people, like, I'm looking at heavyweights like that I would have fought or whatever yep. as amateur, and I'll see, like, them as pro, like, on topology or something. Right. And it's like, you know, they're fighting pro now. And it's like, wow, there's, like, so you can just do that, you know? And that's the thing I think about from going amateur to pro. There's really not much to it. It's almost like you can almost decide yourself or you and your yeah. coach of when you want to. Yeah. Because, like, our teammate, Johnny, he what, he had, like, maybe four or five fights undefeated, and then yeah. he went straight pro. Just savage. Just, I've seen guys yeah. go, like, two or three fights and then go pro. Yeah. Or, like, vice versa. You see an amateur with, like, 15, 20 fights yeah. on their record. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, they don't put a lot of, uh, you know, like, the weight stuff like that into like amateur fights you know it's like why not you know is that like because it's looked at as less you know it's not a pro fight but then there can be pros that are kind of shitty amateurs and just go pro you know exactly. it's, it's kind of a weird i think you only understand like how it is when like you know you see johnny and he's like a good pro you know yep. and then there's like guys that they can call themselves pro fighters but are they professional fighters? I guess so. I guess they're getting paid for it, yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. a lot of the guys are just looking to get paid, so that's why they go pro so quickly. Yeah, for or sure. Something that comes to mind, and I'm not making fun of him, but you see the levels, like when Sage Northcutt was up and coming, he looked like a stud. His abilities were amazing. He was like a superhuman athlete. And then he gets put up against real fighter because the first fight, he looks spectacular, does some uh, post-fight backflip or front a standing front flip. Oh, yeah. So he's like, a, yeah, he's like a nuts. superstar because of the finish and then the post-fight celebration. But then he got put up against Brian Barberina, who's, who's an animal, mm -hmm. and he just brought it to him, finished him. Uh, it's 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 just not like that. The guy isn't on like that good, but there's levels, and he was obviously good, maybe in his regional area. But then he gets mm -hmm. put up against, or vice versa. Maybe this guy is actually like maybe you're fighting some savages that get go go pro, yeah. and you're actually on that level, but you haven't had the fight that kind of gives you that platform or mm -hmm. that that next level fight where you can boost your your stock i guess whatever it would be i remember i follow like an mma like meme page on facebook and someone posted like a sure dog report of one guy he had two pro fights and it was against it was like early in the day and it was like chuck liddell and rampage jackson he lost both of them and it's like it's so funny that he probably was like damn i'm just not gonna do it i mean, you know, i went oh and two like and little did he know <laughs> little did he know he fought like some of the best you know first first two fights like that's kind of crazy to think you know you never know who you're fighting yep. you know Especially in the early days, because I remember like Joe Brammer, he said he fought Michael Johnson back yeah, in the day, yeah. like when they were both local. Yeah, and now look at Michael too. Johnson. He yeah. beat Michael Johnson. Yeah, 
For sure, dude. And now Michael Johnson's one of the top lightweights in yeah. the UFC. Oh, yeah. Like, that's insane. Yeah. It's it's kind of a crazy little world. It's like, you know, you really understand, like, if you're a really, like, solid fan, like, don't be a cash, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't be a cash. <laughs> yep. Don't be it. And, um, you know, it's like you only understand that, you know, like, the, the weird things happen, you know? So... How long did you uh, prepare for that fight for? Um, probably, I think I found out that I was fighting on the card in maybe February. And so, you know, I just started grinding more than, you know, I need to start training more year-round, just like keep it up. But it's so super hard with my job because I work four on, uh, three off, three on, four off, 12-hour shifts, night shift at the mine. So, you know, I got to like base my training around that a little bit yep i'm getting better at it but it's definitely yeah. tough because uh, i'm sure even even at amateur or local it's all relative but i'm sure it's hard to make a living from being a full-time fighter because it costs money to be able to train to be a full-time fighter and something um, i want to bring up i don't know if you've experienced but i've known some heavyweight fighters that fought locally in iowa and um something i noticed was a lot of them lose fights it's like you get a fight set up um somebody it's they're not professional fighters but they they're like they want to be fighters they think they're tough they sign up for the fight and then they lose the the actual belt because i was looking at jerome's record he's on tapology yep um a lot of a lot of his record it said canceled bout canceled bout canceled bout and lucky for them actually because that dude's a monster jerome ward and with jerome in particular i would probably guess is what they did is they did some research saw who jerome was and his credentials and uh that's a scary guy for amateur like yeah. him as an amateur fighter just an isu uh wrestler was training for the olympics i mean just a scary guy in general very powerful strong um he's got this intimidation factor mm -hmm. that's and um, yeah, I think probably a lot of those guys just saw him and like got cold feet leading up to the fight. Yeah, you know that's like sad when you see a ton of canceled bouts because you're like, damn, that guy's going through a lot. Like, you know, for me, like uh, only my first fight was who I scheduled to fight. I fought him, he didn't pull out. My second fight, I fought this guy named Quayshon Means. He's pretty good. I beat him, but he was pretty good. But he was the third guy I was supposed to fight on that card. And then the first time that I uh, the, I forgot who I was scheduled to fight. Um, I can't remember, but my first fight in Mason City, he called me like a week before, and he's like, you want to fight this guy because this guy's not fighting. So your opponent backed out a week before. Yeah. And so then, then they found a new one. Yeah, and then, then, I, and then I fought this uh, one guy, Jordan Franks, and I beat him, and then when I... Uh, so you went 3-0 and to start your... No, I don't, well, uh, actually, I was supposed to fight this guy named Phil Conley. I don't know if you remember that. That, that name second. sounds familiar. And uh, that was for my third fight. And then uh, probably, uh, it was it Thursday. So, uh, it was it Thursday? Yeah, it was Thursday. So, Friday was way in, Saturday was the fight. Then I got called, and I had to fight a guy named Ruby Woody Roberts. And I was supposed to fight him, so I fought him. And But then the first time I ever fought this Mark Courier guy, I was supposed to fight the champ of the organization. I can't remember his name, but he won the belt my first Mason City fight. And uh, this courier guy was a uh, late replacement fight, and I lost to him because I just overlooked him. And then, so, yeah. So I've only had two fights where the guy that I'm scheduled to fight is the same guy, and that's the uh, it, from the start, which is my first fight and then uh, this fight. 
Which is kind of crazy wow. because, you know, that's that's the world we live in, you know, where a lot of guys want to call themselves fighters, but once they sign the dot, you know, the dotted line, they uh, get cold feet. And, you know, a lot of times it's like right before, right after they're posting all their training stuff, all the posters and stuff, and they're like, yep. got sick, what can you do? Yeah, and it's that, like, damn, That's what dude. I was thinking because, you know? yeah, the, the guy would let me know, like, hey, I got a fight coming up, and I would be excited. I want to go see him because I've been a huge fan of MMA for a long time. Mm-hmm. And whenever, when I first started getting into it, it was really exciting for me to know fighters, be like, oh, I know a heavyweight. I know this guy that's training. And he would let me know I got a fight coming up. And then the week before or the day before, like, hey, man, don't bother coming up. My opponent backed out. So it's interesting that that's actually happened to you a lot. But yeah. in your case, you got lucky that they found some replacement. At yeah, least. just lucky, you know, because, like, I couldn't imagine. Could you imagine training, Jake, and then just not fighting or just not doing a jiu-jitsu tournament because, like, too many guys pulled out? Like, you're so excited for that. You know, you want to do that, you know. It comes like with a lot. Heartbreaking, you know, because you put in so much work. Yeah. And then you're, you got your family there. You're telling your family about it. You're selling tickets. Yep. You got your whole team preparing you. Oh, yeah. And then for them to pull out there at the last minute, it's like, it's like the climax of a movie, and then the movie just cuts. Yep. Like you're d- disconnected. Like yeah, you're getting blue balls. Yep, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, a great yeah. way to put it. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. But you know that's that's like a big thing with amateurs. You know, you're just unreliable. It's very amateur. Yeah, in particular though, I've seen it more with heavyweights, and maybe it's just a, a coincidence, and it's not a real observation, but. Um, I've just noticed it more with heavyweights because mm-hmm. it seems like they want to be fighters. But all, in heavyweight, you if you don't come correct, it's it's dangerous. For like, sure. It, you're dealing with some really big dudes. It doesn't take much power to hurt you. And yep. if they do have power and they know what they're doing, you could seriously get injured. So I can understand why some of these dudes at the last minute decide to back out because even at my size, I would hate to fight some monster that knows what he's doing. Yeah. And at heavyweight, you're dealing with some serious circumstances. I feel like a lot of guys, they walk around as a big guy, and they're the big guy, you know, and they're like, everyone's scared of them or whatever, and then you have to fight a guy that's just like you, and it's like, well, well keep up the same energy, you know, keep yep. the same energy, and a lot of people get nervous and scared, you know, it's like, I couldn't imagine how nervous you'd have to get to pull out of a fight, you know, it's like, right. then don't call yourself that. Exactly, and like you said, they're posting the pictures, announcing it, yep. you know, almost like getting the clout from yeah. the whole lead-up, and then the, at the last minute, they back out. You don't want to put the work in, you know, you don't want to make that, you know, like the sacrifice of, like what we were talking about before you go out, you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. And it's like, if you're not willing to put that on the table, it's like, then don't call yourself a fighter, because you're getting that respect, you know? Right. You're getting that stuff where everyone's like, that's a fighter. And it almost puts a bad name for those of us who actually train hard and, and are willing, we know that we're going to be there no matter what yeah like johnny just <clears throat> last week he's got a fight scheduled for june 12th he popped his rib in the gym yep. last week like two or yep. three weeks out from the fight and he was like you could tell he was in pain like agonizing pain yep. and then two days later i saw him back in the gym and i'm like what's up johnny like are you still gonna fight and he's like oh yeah 100 yep. percent." like it didn't even cross his yep. mind that he was gonna back out he's a real fighter you know that's it's just crazy you know like some people can get away with that and it's like, what are you doing, man? And I think, like, with heavyweights in particular, like, it's just such a crazy division because, like, 
sometimes when I'm holding pads for you in the gym with mm -hmm. like the big boxing gloves, like yeah. it's legitimately scary. Just like I can feel the power coming yeah. from you opposed to like holding pads for somebody my size. Yeah. And it's like a truck, like hitting these pads. Like yeah. your power is incredible. So yeah. I could only imagine like the four ounce gloves and yeah. even probably more power, like with the adrenaline and everything, yeah. like right on somebody's chin or like, it's incredible. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, like even I'd assume that uh, most people's favorite fights are watch are heavyweight fights because it's just like, oof. You know, I really like the, like, you know, 155 because there's so many names in the UFC going right now. You know, it's kind of a, it's like, a, you know, swimming in the shark's water. If you're in the top 10, like, oof. That's the division. And, uh, you know, but heavyweight, it's like, dude, you know, someone can get caught really quick. You know, it's wild. Yeah, you know, I love watching heavyweight fights. Yeah, it's not too often that you get a Francis Ngannou-Derek Lewis fight because usually it ends up quick or even... Even uh, if it doesn't end up quick, at, at the highest level, just seeing, it's almost like seeing two Avengers go at it mm -hmm. when you think of someone like Francis Ngannou and maybe someone like Cyril Ghana or something that they're yeah. just like big giant specimens and you see them fight each other. But yeah, very rarely is it a boring fight. Something's yeah. going to happen. Oh yeah, it's super exciting. And I don't even think Ngannou's ever been dropped. I, I, mean, I, I can't think of that. anything off the top of my head. Can you, Jose? Not really. The the best example of what's going on with Francis is, or the best thing that you can say is, it's not always how you look because Stipe mm -hmm. proved that. But then also, when once Francis putting it all to started putting it all together, that's a scary, scary dude to Terrifying. be that big, to be able to hit that hard, to be able mm -hmm. to, to stop takedowns, yeah. to be able to have takedowns. Like if he keeps evolving. We could be looking at like the greatest heavyweight of all time. Absolutely, his, his power is just unique to him. You know, mm -hmm. like you know, Derek Lewis has a ton of power too, like some crazy power. But you know, it's, it almost seems a little different. It's different. You know, it's like just from watching, it's like there's something different. It's like he makes like, it look so easy. Right. You know? It's almost like. Derek Lewis has that power, but it's almost like he has that one power shot where Nagano is like every single punch he's yeah. throwing is carrying that power with everything. Exactly, yep. Yeah. I agree. Great technique, and it's getting better and better. When he first started, you could see that he already had good technique, but I don't believe he Yeah, he wasn't originally a striker, so he's not like uh, Jarzinho, who's been doing, um, I think, uh, kickboxing and mm -hmm. uh, just high-level striking like that. Like his whole life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But then you see how good Nagano is Getting, and he hasn't been doing it that long so i'm serious like we could be seeing like future hall of famer greatest heavyweight of all time because in the time that we he's existed in the ufc we've seen him evolve to this monster that he is that people are going to have a hard time with him mm -hmm. super hard and then you know when he fought stipe he took stipe down that was like what he's doing he's defending shots you know and nobody was expecting that yeah and it's like you know even like these really good like curtis blades right i would have said if i didn't know that curtis blades might be able to get him right like he beat curtis blades twice yep curtis blades just got finished by Derek lewis knocked out cold that was crazy but uh so that's like who you know who do you use to like who's gonna beat him it, it, that's a good know, question it's like some maybe someone with super good defense and yep. super quick like like uh, shots not against the cage you know maybe yeah. like out in the open like a low single or something but he's so powerful that he just he hits you you know and it's like it's gone and like wow. you said like he now he's showing his wrestling defense takedowns yep. of his own 
Like, yeah. if you can't take that man down and that's your whole game plan, that's a scary night. Super scary. Because you go out there and, and you've been working this whole time. Your game plan is to take this man down and beat him on the ground. Mm -hmm. And then you go out there and you realize that you absolutely just cannot take him down. And now you have to stand and bang with this giant. Yeah. That's a scary moment. It's like if you maybe a guy whose defensive striking is super good where he can, like, pop. Because I don't know if you're going to have enough power to, you know, put him out before he touches you. Another thing is his reach is so long. It's so long. Reach. Like, what know? is that reach? Like, it has to be up, up near, like, John Jones' is crazy reach. John like, Jones is 84 and a 84 half. 84 and a half, yep. But, I mean, you know, he's got that, what well, Joe Rogan calls it, the great equalizer. You know, him and Jones, like, the reach might not matter if they're trading a hook, you know, because, like, one, you know, one's going to put one out and the other's going to tag him. You yep. Know? Yeah, it's kind of, it reminds me of reverse uh, Kamaru, where you're worried about his wrestling, and all of a sudden he's knocking people out. Cool. Um, I think uh, now, since both of your fights came up at the same time, I think now would be a good time to bring up your fight and the same thing, react to it, talk about it, uh, talk about what you felt uh, before or after the fight. Something you guys were mentioning is, uh, I know, Mark, you were saying that it was like kind of the nerves were crazy for yeah. you getting ready to watch your your teammate about yeah. to go to war and that's what we were talking about the last podcast that um the camaraderie the the brotherhood of training together that it's like you're both going to war and that's mm -hmm. probably what it felt like for you yeah it, you know it's like you know you you watch someone that you care about fight and you're like damn it's like because there's nothing you can do it's like once that cage locks, you know, just like when you're fighting, but you're like watching, you're just like, oh God. And you're like, you know, it makes everything sweeter. So when you got the W, I was just going nuts. It was like an explosion. I was like, let's go. It was crazy. It was an awesome W. Yeah, it was sick, dude. Yeah, so let's cue it up, Jake. And uh, I guess as the fight's happening, as they're announcing everything, just let us know how long you trained, how much time you had to prepare, the preparation, anything, any details like that. Yeah, so. Um for this fight, like actually, I was supposed to fight Ace uh, April 24th of 2020, and then like a month out, it got canceled from COVID. So like me and Ace knew we were gonna fight each other for a long time, and uh, we were just kind of waiting for COVID to settle and to get it rescheduled. And then I think about like February or so, Mike contacted me and said that the fight was back on against Ace. So then I kind of knew in February, but I I kind of train year round, so. You know, but then once, you know, I get a fight or a tournament announced, I always start training a little bit harder. Um, but, yeah, I remember just, like, in particular, the, the last couple months, like, leading up to this, I really increased my striking uh, classes because I always train jiu-jitsu, like, almost every single day. But for this fight in particular, I really wanted to get, like, two, three, four striking days in a week, as many as I could. Um, and, yeah, so... And it was awesome, you know, I was striking or jiu-jitsu, I was really doing one or the other at least every day. And this was a catchweight fight at 160, and you were talking about how much weight you had to cut, so um, the week of the fight, what were you walking around at? What was your walking weight? Week of the fight, I was right about 168. 168, so then on Friday you cut 8 pounds? Yep. Okay, let's talk about this. You have the headlock. Got him in the guard. Yep, so this is actually one of my favorite sweeps. The guillotine sweep. Um, and it, it's a great takedown because once you throw that guillotine over from the standing, they're worried about you looking for the guillotine, and a lot of times they're not expecting you to hit a trip or, or a back roll with it. 
and then so here um, I actually was looking to back roll into mount but Ace hit that crazy cartwheel and so I just kind of held on to the guillotine and I snuck my legs up over his shoulder to start looking for the triangle and I think he was so focused on that guillotine he didn't really expect that triangle to be coming behind it. It's great technique because I'm sure he was confused on what was coming, whether it was going to be the arm bar or the triangle, whether you were going to sweep with it or actually attack with it. And you held on to it. You were, you were attacking with that triangle nonstop. And the arm was always there. You had it underneath you. He had it on the mat, it looks like, a lot of the times. Yep. And that moment right there, he, I remember thinking like he almost escaped out of that triangle because I hooked his leg. And I was trying to knock him back to his back and maybe transition to an arm bar, but he kind of kept his balance and like he was almost able to pop his head and arm up. And that could have been a bad situation because then he would have been on top and then I would have had to look for a sweep or like use a lot of energy. But luckily, you know, I still had a grip on his arm and I was able to relock the triangle and, and look for the finish again. Beautiful. And then the ref was kind of in the way there, but like right at the end there, I relocked the triangle and threw a couple strikes with the triangle, and then eventually I was able to get the tap. Yeah. Yeah, that was a quick fight, but it was also exciting because the whole time something was happening. You mm -hmm. were attacking, he was fighting, he was in it the whole time. Credit to him for being so tough because there was plenty of times earlier where he could have just let it happen, quit fighting. He could have easily got caught even worse if he wasn't fighting as much as he was doing. His defense was pretty solid, but you were not letting go of that triangle. Absolutely not, and uh, that, that's one of my best submissions inside the gym, so I knew, like, as soon as I, like, before I even had the triangle locked, like, when I, they call it, like, a TP, is where you, it, you can start with the TP and then eventually adjust to lock the triangle, but I knew from that moment, like, as soon as I got my legs up there, I was like, this is it, like, I can finish this fight right here, and then I was very surprised because I adjusted, I got it locked in, and I started to pull his arm, pull his head down. I was even throwing some punches. And Those he, are nice. Those are nice. Thank you. Um, and, yeah, he just didn't really care. He, he kept fighting. He started throwing punches inside of the triangle. I was pretty surprised about that. And, um, yeah, props to Ace. He's a very tough opponent, and uh, he made it a lot more exciting. Yeah, that was awesome, dude. I mean, he was really fighting, and you were just not letting go. That's what I'm talking about. J like, Jake is, like, he's, Jake has submitted me so many times it's crazy you know that's like something like old school jiu-jitsu the small guy always beats the big guy which jiu-jitsu was superior grappling i love it yeah it's good that you knew that that was like the the weapon that's always there because i know we talked about it last time but you tried striking a little bit and then you realized I can probably find a finish uh, with my jiu-jitsu, and that's smart because this was your first profession. This was your first MMA fight, your first amateur MMA fight. It said your record zero and zero, and you fought a guy that was three and one, and you were saying that he's actually a good fighter. You were talking yeah. about his other fight that was queued up earlier. You were saying that Jake, you beat this guy, he beat him. Yeah. Yeah, Jake has a lot of potential. I'm not just saying sure. that because because uh, we do the podcast, we work together. He's a friend, but um, I, the one thing that I always bring up to Jake is um, my favorite fighter, Habib. It's, besides being so amazing with his abilities, that's obvious. His mental abilities is, I think, it's it's compared to no one else. No one is mentally that strong. So something I like to claim is the mind or the, the we talk about it with moving i'm not a, i'm not a big dude but i believe in myself I, I believe in my abilities i believe in my training we'll call it as far as moving uh, 
and uh, something that I think is a huge weapon for the, for someone, especially with Jake's abilities already, is having a strong mind. Because mm-hmm. having a strong mind, you're going to be able to work harder. You know what it takes to get to the level of the guys that you look up to and you want to be. You know, um, you know what it takes to fight through stuff. You know what, like how you're being honest about um, your loss. That you know you win or you learn. You know that that's part of the game. It takes a really strong mind to do this. But also, like working with Jake all the time, like I said, his jiu-jitsu is already there. He's learning striking. The mind is one of his stronger things, I think. And um, and they say that at the end, Jordan was talking about it. These guys are going to have to start watching out because his jiu-jitsu is pretty solid. It's a legit purple oh, yeah. belt. As oh, you're yeah. saying, he submits you, and I would have a hard time. Yeah. Well, you know, like the thing is, is like, isn't it a big thing in jiu-jitsu is like when people get the blue belts, they disappear? Because they're like, I'm a white belt. You know, I got it. So Jake, like, kept going. And he's still, like, you know how good he is at jiu-jitsu. And he's still doing it. He loves it. He's trying to get better still. Like, the idea that I can't even understand how good Jake is at jiu-jitsu. And he just keeps going. That's going to go with striking. That's going to go with everything. Because that's, like, you can tell the mindset of a human from trying to improve on something they're already really good at. Exactly. They just keep going. Yep. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just in blue belts in particular, like, Especially, like, going from white to blue is one thing, but then I think, you know, because the, the higher you go in the belt ranks in jiu-jitsu, it just gets harder and harder. Like, now you got tougher competitors at purple belt, and, you know, once I get my brown belt, it's like, now it's a whole new shark tank. Now it's all brown belts. Yeah. Past brown belt, it's all black belts that have been doing it for 10-plus years. Yeah. So the higher you go, especially as a competitor, it's just it just gets harder and harder and harder and i think a lot of like the blue belts see that and it's easy to to just fall out or stop training um but yeah i mean for me personally i just i love the 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 benefits that you get from training martial arts and just like the health wise Mm -hmm. uh the shape that it gets you in uh like mentally i've grown so much just from training uh, I talked about like the teammates, like uh, training with Mark, like just the friendships that you build. Um, like I really just love the whole entire lifestyle of the martial arts. Yeah. Like, of course, we're learning how to fight and defend ourselves, um, but that's really just like one small aspect of like being a part of a team and learning uh, yeah. martial art for sure. That's a great point because I, I'm glad you're saying stuff like that coming from like the source itself because a lot of people probably think this is just violent. Um, just to bring something up evie my middle daughter she was at this fight and she was having such a blast there she's only 10 years old and she doesn't look at it like violence i've been trying to teach her the ways of this trying to show her that these are just athletes are competing and i try and give her all those details so she understands that this isn't about violence this isn't about beating someone up a lot of it is pushing yourself and learning from yourself it's really cool to hear people say that part because i'm sure a lot of casuals will say they like the violence of it and it is cool when you see a good scrap like yours yeah that that was violent every now and then that was super exciting but that's not really you're not out there to beat dudes up you're i'm sure you're not out there looking for fights at bars no definitely not you know that's the thing is like you know uh like real fighters true fighters the you know they understand what they can do you know i don't want to get into a fight with a guy who's not a fighter you know it's like uh I'm not doing it, you know, to improve myself, you know. But you could seriously, especially you, a heavyweight in particular, you could really, really hurt somebody. Yeah, and it's like, why would I want, even if some, like, guy's talking shit to me or anything like that, it's like, I'm going to restrain myself. You know, I like to be 
like as calm as I can. I'm sure you do too. You know, that's like a big thing with fighters. Like you're calm, you know, cause you understand, you know, you get, you know, I don't want to beat up some random guy in a fight for no reason. And it's like, you know, those guys are always douchebags too. You know, the guys that yep. they're, uh, it's like the people we were talking about earlier, like the guys that want to call themselves fighters, but don't fight and, you know, haven't and stuff like that. Those are the guys that go to the bars and start problems with regular people. And it's like, yep. That's depressing. Like, keep living that life, you know, that'll get you somewhere. Yep. And that is, that's one thing I've learned, too, over training all these years is everybody that's trained that I know, like, they never are the ones starting fights. In fact, yeah. we're always the ones at the bar calm, just kind of almost like maybe waiting to protect a friend or yeah. somebody at the bar. Yeah. But nine times out of ten at the bar, it's always somebody who's untrained, just they think they know how to fight or they just have this ego, and it's always those type of people that are fighting. I've never seen, like, a like a real fighter, like, out at the bar starting fights or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, that's low. You know, what are you doing, man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, I just today watched a video of Ryan Hall, whose jiu-jitsu is All ungodly. Yeah. yeah, something, speaking of that, I'd love to see him and uh, Crone Gracie. That would be, like, be a good fight. Who's, the, who's the best at jiu-jitsu? Because those two, I think, at the featherweight... That's probably as good as it gets for jiu-jitsu in the featherweight division. Mm -hmm. But I just saw a video where he, a drunk guy came up to him, wanted a lighter, and he told him, no, I don't have a lighter, and he's just enjoying dinner with his teammates, his girlfriend, just the way any, any of you might be just hanging out with you with your wife, mm -hmm. whatever. And the guy just kept bugging him, and Ryan Hall's being really cool. He didn't right away, like, want to prove anything. He's just sitting there trying to enjoy his jiu-jitsu coach. is just sitting there like a savage eating his burger. He's not worried about anything if anything goes down. And it just kept escalating and escalating. And this guy is in public. He's in a restaurant. The, the owners are telling him, calm down. They're used to him. He's just the local drunk. He's just always causing troubles like that, it seems like. And it got to the point where Ryan Hall decided that he was going to have to do something about it. And it's really cool to see because he, he didn't do that. To, to, he, he was just controlling the situation. It wasn't about, oh, you're talking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this. He just decided, like, all right, everyone's uncomfortable right now. This guy's making a scene. He's dangerous. And that's the great thing about jiu-jitsu. Really, the guy never got hurt. He just laid him down, put him to sleep, wakes up. And at the end of the video, actually, the guy apologized to Ryan Hall and was, like, giving him credit for how awesome he is for doing that. Because a lot of times, like, the wrong guy... Like, you guys are disciplined, so you guys have the abilities to hurt someone, but the wrong guy, he might be trained and doesn't have that discipline. Yeah, like he might be there. a psycho, and he's just able to do it even without training or whatever. Yeah. What was that, Mark? You said oh, it was like Mike Perry. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, like, you start talking shit to a guy like that, he's going to fight you. you know? Yeah, he, he exactly. doesn't think about, like you said, nine times out of ten, you're going to run to that extra one. Exactly. Yeah, he's going to fuck you up. And he's a high-level trained killer yeah, with you, a totally different mindset. And you might not have to do much, you know? And that, like, kind of falls on him a little bit. You know, that's, you know, that's not great, but, yep. like, you know. Just, you're totally right, though. There definitely is some high-level uh, mixed martial artists where... Yeah, you don't want to look at them wrong or say anything no. wrong. And it's like that's a loaded a, gun. A loaded, you know? 
And that's the thing is like you don't. That's the thing that's crazy to me about guys at bars starting fights for no reason is because you never know who you might be clicking. Yeah. Like you exactly. might click the wrong person and you could get hurt very bad. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. Crazy. I'm peaceful all the time, anyways, but especially when I have no idea what's on the receiving end because yeah. Ryan Hall's the best example. He. A lot of people say he looks like a math teacher or he whatever. Looks like a lab nerd. Yeah. 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 And he'll break your arm even if you're a heavyweight. Oh yeah. Dude. On that level, that's a legit mm-hmm. black belt right there. Oh yeah. I mean, he's a he's beyond a black belt. He's like an right. yeah. absolute wizard. Like he's a he sticks out in an elite group of black belts. Yep. Like you know what's gonna happen when he fights. You know exactly what's gonna yep. happen. He more than likely, unless the guy is high level like him, they're gonna get submitted. It's kind of like Khabib. Like you know what he's gonna do. Yeah. But he's so good. There's really nothing you can do yeah, about it. You know what's yeah. coming. And you yeah. really, unless you're on that level, it you just kind of have to accept it. I think they're having a problem getting Ryan Hall fights. I think they're having a problem finding fights. I heard that, you know, which is kind of crazy in the UFC. Like you know? nobody wants to fight that yeah. guy. Yeah, he's yeah. a dangerous guy. You know, he might take your heel home that day, and then you're going to be out for a while. And yeah. with someone like him, it's guaranteed. It's not. Oh, his jujitsu good. You might. You might get caught. Like. He's going for it, and he's going to get it. Yeah, so we'll just see when, if you can defend it. You yeah, know, that's and you're like, not going to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the, what he did to BJ Penn, that was gruesome. That, that was, was crazy. Did, did he get that with an like a Minari roll? Did he do that? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so, yeah. From the standing. Like, they were both standing, and he, like, it was so fast. Just whipped into the seminari, right to the leg, right to the heel hook. Like, the whole sequence from the standing to the MNRA to the heel hook finish was, like, three seconds. Yeah. Like, absolutely incredible. I mean, even to see that in a jiu-jitsu match would be phenomenal. But he did that inside the cage. In the UFC, or, like, the elite of the elite. Mm -hmm. He made it look like a tutorial, honestly. It was was beautiful. Um, Since we're talking about Habib, and I can, on my end, I can say that's my favorite fighter. I can, I talk about it all the time, why he's my favorite fighter besides his abilities. Uh, Do you guys uh, have a favorite fighter or anything like that? You want to go? Yeah, so, let's see. I mean, being a jiu-jitsu guy, I always love seeing some of the high-level jiu-jitsu fighters in the UFC. Like, uh, I love seeing Brian Ortega. Um... Like, Brian Ortega in particular, because not only does he have, like, high-level jiu-jitsu, but he has this, like, attacking jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Like, a lot of guys you see, like, more of, like, a defensive style, but, like, Brian Ortega, like, if he gets a hold of you on the feet, like, I've seen him hit uh, anacondas from the standing, Dars chokes. It's like, if he grabs you from the feet, you better believe that he's about to start attacking with that jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just, like, you put him on his back and now you got to worry about his guard. It's like, if he even grabs you, you better watch out because he's coming with that jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So I love seeing uh, Brian Ortega. Um, yeah, guys like that. Was, like I loved, uh, I love Tony Ferguson. Uh, he's a. I love the way he mixes everything up. Uh, the jujitsu, the crazy rubber guard, tenth planet style. Yeah. Uh, the elbows. I like. I like elbows a lot. I think it's a a great weapon, and yeah. I love seeing guys utilize the elbows. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, those are those are two of my favorite guys. Yeah, I I also really like Tony Ferguson. I I get so excited when I see him on a card. You know, it's like 
he's just a wild man. You just have no idea what to expect. Like, you know, he's on a skid right now, but, but he's I'll still, still keep watching. He's been on a six-fight losing streak. It's like, I'm going to watch Tony Ferguson because there's been, like, so many years of watching him. It's like he's been getting beat up bad before, and he just starts throwing spin stuff, and it's like, that's fun to watch. And he'll come back and win. Yeah, and I really like watching Style Bender fight. It's just so technical, and he's just reaching people. Stipe, I really, dude, that was a hard fight to watch him against Ngannou. That was heartbreaking. I kind of felt that coming. You know, I kind of felt like he might get caught. You know, just because it's like it's Ngannou. Yeah, and Ngannou knows his game plan. You know, mm-hmm. so his game plan to fight Stipe again is probably just like clear up some of those holes. Mm-hmm. It's like then what are you gonna do? Yeah, he knew it's, what he did wrong. He didn't. It wasn't Stipe. Has something that is like he doesn't have the power to put him out yeah. or his jujitsu or whatever. It was I I need to pace myself. I need to fix my wrestling because mm-hmm. the power to finish him was always there. That was that was clear in the first fight that yeah. he was really close to finishing him in that first fight. Oh yeah. And uh, I just watched the Stipe interview yesterday or the day before, and um, this is what I do like about Stipe is he, is he wants that belt back. Yeah. The same way that DC beat him the first time. Yeah. He was saying, like, he said he's coming back for that belt. He wants that Nagano rematch. Yep. He said he's going to try and pick up a little bit of weight to maybe, yeah. you know, balance it out a little bit more. Yeah. But Stipe is, he's smart, and um, I'm very interested to see what this this third fight looks like yeah. between him and Nagano. Yeah, me too, for sure. That's exciting. I also like Jan Blachowicz. Like I love watching him fight. He's super yeah. good. He's Sleeper a fighter because I think people they 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 don't realize how good he actually is because people like Stylebender. He was the favorite in that fight because yeah. of how he fights, his style. He's very flashy, undefeated. Yeah, yeah, but but Jan is very very clean, technical, and we've seen that he's got power. And, mm-hmm. and when you put that technique with that type of level of control for the power. That dude is a stud. That's a good point. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like his previous career in the UFC, kind of like Oliveira. Yeah, I was just going to say that. He just kept going. It's like regardless, you know, it's like uh, you lose a couple, and it's like I'm going to keep going. Like why wouldn't I? Like what am I supposed to do, like bow down now, you know? And look where they're at. They're both champions, and they're making paychecks now. Yeah. Paid off. And I think uh, it's even more impressive to see a fighter go through those losses pick himself back up and then go right back through the chain and work himself back up to the top oh yeah and you know that's a tested guy too you know he understands a lot of stuff you know you know i like those kind of fighters a little bit more than i like the flashy 18 and 0 fighters because it's like you know how do you understand all the aspects of fighting if you haven't had a loss even though you don't want one that's a great point that's a great point Yeah. yeah Yeah, and that's what we were talking about. Um, the last fight card with Oliveira and Ferguson, or not Oliveira, um, Oliveira and Chandler, and then Rob Font and Garbrandt, we were talking about those guys have stuck with it, and the abilities were always there. They The the loot, the losses didn't discourage them from quitting. And we also said something about Tony Ferguson. is It's hard to say, if you know MMA and you know Tony Ferguson, it's not fair to say, that like, oh, he's on a three-fight losing streak. He should retire. He doesn't have it in him look who he's fighting and look up mm-hmm. until then what he was accomplishing yeah um, something uh, maybe a lot of people would argue this and and it's mostly me being a huge habib fan but he was never going to beat habib and that that sounds a little aggressive and certain but seeing um what habib has been able to do with his evolution he was he always had it he kept getting better and he just he was more of a nightmare towards the end for everyone else because we talked about who would have expected a triangle. He did, because that's what he wanted to do. He wanted the triangle, and he got it. 
And yeah, who would have expected that? Because everyone thinks, oh, he's like Connor. The narrative with Connor is he's telling everyone, oh, Habib, all he wants to do is sniff my my shorts. He just wants to like hug me. Yeah. No, this dude's a finisher. Oh yeah. yeah, and that was something we had never even seen before. Actually, I think Khabib's like second. It was either his amateur second amateur or his second pro fight ever. He he got that same triangle finish, but that was in some other organization yeah. in Russia. But. Um, yeah, I just think he's Khabib so dominant with the ground and pound and position wise, he just really likes to beat you up. Yeah, and you know sometimes when I think about uh, like the Connor thing, like when he's like he wants to sniff my jog strap or whatever he said, um, is that a little bit of him being like you're like that's not the way a fighting man fights, making sure he doesn't do that. He wants to get him riled up to the point where he's like I'll strike with him. Right, and that plays right into Connor's game. He wants you to strike with him. And Habib you know? did strike with yeah, him, he and he pieced him up pretty good him, with yeah. one shot. Yeah. And uh, we talked about it, I think, on the first episode that his corner was freaking out, saying, like, do not stand with him, do not stand with him. And Habib still did that, and he yeah. did fine. I, I don't think he was ever in any real danger because we've talked about it before, not on the podcast, but the round that they claim that Habib lost to Connor. Connor was throwing so many fouls out there. I think we counted five or six different fouls that he was doing. Yeah. Grabbing shorts, grabbing the fence, punching the back of the head. Yeah. A lot of things. And when Habib faked that takedown real quick and then threw the overhand and caught Connor, that was crazy. You know, you want to, you know, you think about the point if he had a box and it's just striking, it's like he would, you'd probably say Connor would win, you know, just like whatever. Who knows though? But once you had that takedown and you can faint those takedowns, like, you know, there's feints in striking where you're, you know, you're just going, going. But then there's like feints where you can fake, feint a takedown when they're expecting you to shoot a takedown and he drops his hands ready to sprawl. Masvidal. Overhand. Uh, Kamaru versus Masvidal. Yep. Because mm -hmm. he, he was not worried about his power to begin with and he was not worried about getting hit. He was like, he's going to take me down. He's going to stomp my toes. He's going to take me down because he doesn't want to fight me. Yep. He fought. He went out there and he fought him. That's yeah. like one of my favorite performances of all time, and I love Masvidal. I have no problem with Masvidal. I'm still a huge Masvidal fan, but yeah, what a performance by Kamaru. He's he's got a great strong mind too. Mm -hmm. And Trevor Whitman always talks about like you guys think he's good, but he's getting better. He's always learning, and yeah. at that level, goodness. Yeah, and that speaking of Masvidal, that's another one of my favorite fighters, just because of. How long he's been doing it, how many losses he had. Yep. He took that L to Kamara like a champ. He had no excuses. Mm -hmm. um, he's just a fighter's fighter. And, you know, I have no doubt that next fight he's going to be right back in there looking to take somebody's head off. Dude, and, you know, that's just like the loss record, right? He's got like 14 losses or something like that. Yep. Bro, like people that are cashes, they think that, you know, they see that number and they're like, dude, I see that number and that's a vet. You know, that's yep. a guy that understands fighting through and through. That's experience upon experience. Yeah, that's yeah. not the Connor narrative, but that's the Colby narrative. He's trying to do the same thing. Like, look at this guy. Look at his record. Isn't he like this and this? He's got. I, I have. He has more losses than I do. Whatever. He was. He's just like trashing the dude. And yeah, yeah. With Masvidal, if you know. Yeah, he's not losing to, like, nobody. He's out on the street. He's losing to the highest level. He's losing to, to like, Damian Maya. Oh. And Damian Maya, the, one of the, my favorite things is Damian Maya was saying, that's one of the best grapplers I've ever uh, grappled with. And Masvidal was like, I wasn't trying to grapple you. I just didn't want to get taken down. He, yeah. Masvidal just wanted to go out there and fight. But he's such a high level that he was giving Damian Maya problems with his grappling. Yeah, he had a grappling. Uh, did you ever see the grappling fight, him versus uh, Pettis? 
Yeah, it was in the boxing ring. And he did really good. Bro, he Super really good. showed yeah. like his level. I was very yeah. impressed with that. Because you think of Miles at all, you think of a striker, yeah. you know? It's yeah, like, he's all around good fighter. Very complete fighter for sure. I don't know if you guys knew this, but he just started his own uh, game bread. I think game bread. Bare knuckle. Bread. Yeah, bare yeah. knuckle. I saw that. Yeah, he, I think. Like a um, like a fight promotion. Yeah, he's got yeah. like basically like a UFC fight promotion, but it's I think it's called Game Bread Fighting Championship or something like that. Um, I think his first <laughs> fight card is coming up real soon in Biloxi. Oh which my you, God. I think you were you, were you guys stationed there in Biloxi or no with your family? What? Biloxi, Mississippi. No, no. Nope. Okay. Uh, we were in Louisiana. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, I think his first fight is. Uh, Charles Crazy Horse Bennett and no, uh, Jordan dude. Knight. Oh my Jordan God. the Kid Knight. Jordan the Kid Knight. Yeah, he's, he's for real. Yeah, he's actually already fought. Uh, I think yeah, he fought on bare knuckle fighting. I'm pretty sure. I forgot. I think so. Was it Artem Lobov? Maybe. Yeah, they had like a crazy fight. Yeah. yeah. And oh, if yeah. you know, if you've ever watched Pride, Charles Crazy Horse Bennett, he's a mm-hmm. psycho. Dude, you know what? A fun fight. Oh yeah. It seems like a lot of people are, are getting into this bare knuckle, uh, the the BKFC mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. That's exploding. Like when yeah. that first started, it was so small, and now it's huge. Yeah, and you know they're putting money towards it. They're getting, you know, they got Paige Van Zant. You know, she's not going over there. You know, I think she, I don't know if she got cut or her contract was out, but you know they're they're not shout. They're, you know they're putting money towards that. You know they're building names on their cards. You know? I think yep. Paige Van Sant said she got paid the more, most she's ever been paid her first fight in bare knuckle Hell than yeah. she ever got in the UFC. Yeah, uh, it's fun. I sound rude, but it's more like a spectator. Fight. It's more like it's not a real fighters fight. Um, I'm actually really excited about the Masvidal one with Jordan Knight and Charles Bennett because those mm-hmm. are just two fighters going at it. But Rachel Ostevich and Paige Van Sant. Um, yeah, to me that feels like a Cash's wet dream, honestly. Yeah, it's like, real. yo, I'm going to watch that because of the fighting technique. And, yep, yeah. yep these are high-level yep, fighters. <laughs> That's why I'm watching. They, they got yeah. big, high-level IQ. Yeah, they got two of them on the chest. Yeah. Maybe cut that out. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. But, so, yeah, I think... Um, I think we could probably wrap it up around here. It's for been sure. thanks for coming, Mark. It's for been sure. very informative. Uh, it was great to recap the fight. It's great to hear you guys talk about the insight of being up and coming fighters, about the psychological part, the emotions, all of the details. Because I think it's really cool that people get to hear that directly from you guys, and that that way they can hear it from the source instead of speculate. Like I said, some people think this is all about violence and that heavyweights just go out and pick fights and brawl, but you're not like that. You got a full-time job. You're dedicated. Yep. Same with Jake. So it's it's for been sure. a very cool podcast. Thanks for coming. Yeah, can I do a couple shout-outs? Oh, for sure, absolutely. Okay, shout-out to my wife, Victoria Trollinger. Shout-out to my family. Shout-out to, <laughs> shout to everyone now. Uh, shout-out to everyone at The Mind, The Sears Brothers, um, for coming to my fight, everyone that supports me. Uh, Zach tweet all my foremen that you know, you know, give me I can be late a couple of days, you know, everything that they do in fight camp, you know, so I can work a full time job and prepare for this fight. And uh, thank you to you guys. I love your podcast. It's gonna blow up. It's awesome. Shout out to your gym. Yep. Uh, shout out to uh, Lead Edge. Shout out to Josh Near. Thanks for all the help. Uh, everything we've ever done. You know, we're just soldiers in this game. We're just riding out. It's Absolutely. fun. Man, it's yeah. been an honor to have you on, Mark. Thanks, um, brother. Appreciate it. Yep. Uh, and uh, we were talking about this the other day. We're hoping to get our coach, Josh Neer, on here in the future. Yep. yep. Come uh, on, Josh. Let's yep. go. Let's go, Josh. <laughs> Got to get you on the episode. Don't be a cash, Josh. Don't be a cash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you guys for tuning in to episode number three. Uh, looking forward to having some other guests on in the future.
Um, check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes. You can catch all of our episodes on there as well. Um, if there's any questions, any comments you guys have, uh, please drop them down uh, in the link below. Um, check out Mark's fight. We're going to leave the link in the YouTube description below. Great fight. Uh, he's got a few other fights on YouTube as well, so check those out. And, um, yep, like I said, any questions or anything, let us know. And uh, looking forward to seeing you guys in the future. One more little surprise before uh, we wrap it up. Oh, uh, yes, Mark. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't even see that. Yep. This wow. is just a uh, thank you to you for yeah. coming on to the show. Wow. Well, thank you. That is sick. That That's was uh, hands down my favorite uh, photo of yours from the last fight. Wow. And that that's, that's dope. yours to take home. Oh, wow. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. That is sick. So, uh, thank you, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Don't Peace. be a cash. Don't, Don't be a cash. Be a cash. <laughs> Peace. Peace.